Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by one of our newest and favorite sponsors, and that is Photo IQ. Photo IQ offers digital photography online courses like none other of its kind. Okay, it's explained simply, concisely. There's no jargon, no overcomplications, and there are lessons for from beginner to intermediate photographer from ages 13 and up. It's the only digital photography course of its kind that offers online um, quizzes, personal feedback. You get to upload your your homework, and it'll help you build your own portfolio. It's going to be more in depth than anything you've probably taken in high school, and even if you took some like freshman level courses in college. Okay, and you can do this all socially distance from home. You know, we're all stuck in our houses under these uh, lockdown restrictions and, you know, some of your schools aren't open. Well, this is a great way to learn a new skill, maybe develop an alternate source of income and get that side gig starting to sort of free yourself up. So what I need you to do is go to photoiq.co and use the promo code FICTION. Okay, we're almost through September now. It's the it's the 18th. You have until the end of this month to get an additional 20% off on all of his courses. But that promo code fiction will get you 10% off plus the 20 he's already offering. You'll get 30% off as long as you buy the courses before the end of this month and you can take them anytime that you want. Okay. Um, after this month, I'll still be able to get you 10% off, but that 20% is going to go by the wayside. He offers a 30 day money back guarantee. You got nothing to lose. So ditch those pathetic sunset pictures you guys have been taking. Go to photoiq.co, use promo code fiction and start learning how to take anything from camera basics, still life, food, landscapes, portraits black and white, action photos, everything that you could possibly imagine. He's got a course for it. It's going to be better than anything you can find on YouTube. So go to photoiq.co and use promo code FICTION. All right, let's get on with the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. I want to make sure you were did last in your I, class I, first in I, <laughs> I want to make Mr. sure president can you let him finish sir no, he doesn't know how to do that he has You'd you know you, you pick You'd be surprised the Go wrong ahead, guy oh, the wrong night at the wrong time listen did you use the word smart you graduated either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class don't ever use the word smart with me don't ever use that word. Vote now. Are you going to pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know he doesn't want you're to a senator. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question Supreme is, Court the radical question, left. Will you who shut is up, your, man. Listen, who is on your list? Mr. Mr. President, your campaign agreed to both sides would get two-minute answers uninterrupted. Well, your, your side agreed to it. And... Why don't you observe what your campaign agreed to as a ground rule, okay, sir? <laughs> yep. That pretty much sums up the first presidential debate of 2020, everybody. Welcome back. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and I, of course, am your fearless leader, the one and only voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. <laughs> you know, normally I would play a, a bunch of clips and sort of break down what was happening in the debates because... Normally, most people don't fucking watch these things because they are god awful. They are the most boring. It's like watching fucking paint dry until, of course, you get Donald Trump up on the stage and all bets are off. And I think just about everybody has watched these debates by now. And if they weren't watching live, I mean, this was prime entertainment. It was everything we thought it was going to be. And then some. 
people are upset that it was such a shit show and that, you know, they they're degrading the presidency and everything like that. No, no, this was beautiful. This is exactly what it should have been. It shows exactly how this whole charade, this whole thing is just completely ridiculous. It's asinine. It's absurd. The whole process, the whole government, all of it. And I think that's got a lot of people um, taking a good hard look in the mirror after sitting through this debate and the, the shit show that it was. But unfortunately, they'll, of course, just chalk it up to Donald Trump and not the government apparatus in and of itself. That is the problem. But that's going to be the topic of today's show. It's going to be a debate recap. I got to say, you know, I gave a, a couple predictions on the last episode before the debate. I, you know, I was I was pretty close to, you know, what happened, right? I, I talked about how I had a feeling that it wasn't going to be this, you know, epic beating of Joe Biden. Like he didn't have any major fails. I mean, he stumbled a little bit throughout the, the night, you know, of course, but he, he didn't have that, that one Joe Biden moment that could have sunk his entire election campaign. And Donald Trump, you know, he missed a, he missed a few opportunities to really just put Joe Biden six feet under. He did land some pretty big bombs, of course. I mean, if you're throwing haymakers for an hour and a half, a couple of them are going to land. But I thought he uh, didn't do as well as a lot of Trump supporters would have hoped for. And I think there are a couple reasons for that. You know, his his overall strategy was kind of the thing that I, I talked about. I was worried that he was going to do, which was he was going to be too aggressive and and almost too like overly anxious to make Biden look bad. It was clear that I, I think his strategy was to just berate Joe Biden constantly to throw him off of his game and throw him off of his train of thought. But it, it, I think it kind of backfired on him a little bit in the sense that Joe Biden doesn't need to be th- like he doesn't need help losing his train of thought. He'll do that all on his own. What what Donald Trump, I think, failed to anticipate with that strategy was the fact that Chris Wallace was going to give Joe Biden so much cover and so much time to recover and regain his train of thought and everything. So anytime Trump would hammer him and Joe Biden would would start to stumble and stammer and, and he had him up on the ropes, Chris Wallace would come in, break it up, give Joe Biden like, you know, Joe Biden can be like, oh, man, I'm ke- I keep getting interrupted. And like, what was I talking? And then Chris Wallace would be like, yeah, like, uh, let's go back to you. We were talking about this and blah, 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 blah. And so I think it, it was a miscalculation on his part. Not that not to say that he didn't come out looking like the alpha male and, you know, playing well to his base. And I think he won the night undeniably. I think Joe Biden looked like a weak beta male and just kind of pathetic. He he wouldn't stand up to Trump. He he had a couple moments where, you know, hey, will you shut up, man? But he like puts his head down. He's always hanging his head or like nervously laughing and looking to Wallace for help and everything like that. Here's the thing, right? I don't think this election, that there are really any undecided voters in the sense that they're not sure if they're going to vote for Biden or Trump. Okay, I think everybody's made up their mind that they're either a Biden voter or a Trump voter. The question is whether or not they're going to go out and vote. The reason I think Trump won the night is because Biden didn't give anybody a reason to go out and vote for him. I mean, he already had no momentum behind his campaign. They had to fucking basically force every other Democratic um, uh, primary person out of the fucking race to to give him this nomination, right? Because Bernie was the one that had all the momentum. So Biden is already really lackluster. He has no like excited support behind him. And when you just get up there and you look like a little bitch all night, th- those people that are like, eh, "Can I vote for Can I vote for Biden or should I just stay home?" I-, I don't think they're feeling very motivated to get out to the polls. And Trump, I don't think he lost any support because of this debate. And I, I just think that Joe Biden, you know, even some more of the wind might have been taken out of his sails, and there there wasn't that much wind to begin with. So, so I do think Trump came out of this uh, ahead, but he didn't really knock it out of the park. Like there were, there were a couple of really big missed opportunities and he had one pretty big 
swing and a miss on the whole um, will you denounce uh, white supremacist thing, and we're going to get into that. So, I mean, Joe Biden was able to sort of um, fumble his way through the night. He didn't have any huge gaffes or anything like that. And, you know, when you're grading on the Joe Biden scale of as long as he doesn't say something unbelievably retarded and just or collapse into himself or like fall asleep during the debate, pass out or wet his pants or something. I know people were uh, trying to check for like camera angles where they could see if he was wearing diapers and things like that, because I guess one of the side effects of the uh, anti-dementia medications is like incontinence. So that's why he wanted uh, a break every 30 minutes. But yeah, I mean, he he had an okay night. But if you're going to grade it on a Joe Biden scale, it was like really, really successful. And one of the reasons he was able to to avoid having that monumental collapse was because Donald Trump never gave him the opportunity to. He was constantly, you know, making these uh, these remarks, these snarky remarks and everything while Biden was trying to talk. And I mean, some of them were, don't get me wrong, absolutely hilarious. Like I've never just fucking cracked up during a, a presidential, like laughed so hard and just being like, oh no, he did. <laughs> he did not just fucking say that. But that's Trump. I mean, so he definitely landed some some huge blows there, but it was it was a little too much. You got to give Biden the rope to hang himself with. Because if you, you know, they did the, the whole debate format was like, you get two minutes and then you get two minutes and then we'll have like an open discussion. And he wouldn't like just let Joe Biden try to talk for two minutes and, and be coherent. I mean, he would let him talk for about 15 seconds, which is about all Joe has before he starts repeating himself and then like doing some retarded thing where he looks into the camera and just says vote over and over again. Or he doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have a plan. <laughs> He, that's all he could pretty much say is like three to five fucking words. And then Trump would come in and, and sort of let him off the hook from having to come up with an entire coherent two minute answer to a question, which, by the way, these I mean, I know I talk about this every time we do a debate uh, recap, but the format of these is just asinine. Two minutes is nothing. I can't even, I can barely get in an ad read for coffee in two minutes. And I, I get it. I'm like fairly long winded or whatever. But I mean, two minutes to cover a complex issue is absolutely ridiculous. These debates are nothing but a fucking farce. They're designed for idiots who apparently haven't made up their mind on who they're going to vote for. And I can't imagine not being not knowing who you're going to vote for by the time the presidential debates come around or even the primaries. It's like there there's so many fucking low IQ people. And that's the problem with democracy or one of the several problems with democracy is you have to play to these idiots. And so we give them these retarded debate formats. We call them debates, but they're really just you know, this one was just bickering basically for an hour and a half, which was entertaining. And that's all I want them to be is entertaining because I know I'm not going to get anything substantive out of these things. But um, apparently the American people haven't caught on to this yet because they were all appalled and outraged at how um, disorganized this was and how petty and childish and um, it was just embarrassing to see you know, the president and the potential president next president up there, you know, engaging in such, um, I don't know, childish and low class behavior. <laughs> but that's I mean, that's what this is. That's what these are are designed to do. It's just that um, uh, before you had Trump up there, you had all these robotic politicians that were just say these these um, plat political platitudes over and over again for two minutes. And then that was it. But please, all of you people out there calling for this return to these imaginary debates that were substantive and meaningful and you really got some good information out of them from these politicians up on stage please that never fucking happened these have always been just worthless grandstanding and just fake phony politicians sitting up on stage lying their ass off for hours on end that's all they ever were Sure, they were more civil. They were more civil and at times more organized or whatever, but they were never anything meaningful that you wanted to spend your night watching. 
I mean, if you're going to have a, a so-called debate with th- this kind of format, this is what you want to have happen. Just let these guys fucking go at it. <laughs> let Trump fucking interrupt him if he wants. Have the back and forth. See who the alpha male is because that's who, you know, that's what Americans want. That's how he won in 2016. He out alpha everybody on the Republican fucking primary ticket. There was like 20 of them, and he just fucking out alpha all of them. And that's what, I mean, believe it or not, you know, we like to think of ourselves as very complex, you know, and deep thinkers and everything like that. But when it comes to electing a leader, uh, people are very primal, and this is what they want in a leader. They want somebody who's going to take charge and really stick it to you know the competition or the other guy or the other country or whatever. They want the alpha male in the room. And so I think in that regard, Donald Trump was very successful. I mean, there is no doubt that he is the alpha male and that he just, I mean, he slapped Joe Biden around like a little bitch all night long. I mean, he called... He straight up called Biden like stupid to his face. He ripped on his son. I mean, and Biden just kind of sat there and took it like a little bitch. He had to, he, he would look to Wallace to like break it up. And man, did Wallace do a fucking terrible job. That guy was just awful all night. He, the whole debate, I mean, the structure of the, the order of the, the questions and everything was retarded. That kind of screwed everything up because they kept jumping around from topic to topic because he started with the Supreme Court nomination for some reason in, in 2020 in the age of COVID pandemic lockdowns, riots, looting, like the likes of which the country has never seen. I mean, you start with a Supreme Court nomination. I mean, this was retarded. The whole thing. He did a terrible job with the order and the and the que- and he oh the way he would ask the questions was just so um, obnoxious. There, there was so much editorializing, and it was just very just very unpleasant and annoying, and just so obviously like framed and one sided. You just don't want that in a moderator. You want somebody who's going to at least pretend to be objective. And it was just every single time he would he would frame the questions in a way where he's already like putting words in their mouth and and sort of telling you, you know, like uh, poisoning the well before they even get to answer. And it's like, no wonder it devolved into this fucking petty bickering back and forth. Anytime Trump really had Biden up on the ropes, Wallace would come to the rescue and it, it just it got really one sided. And that plays into to Trump's hand as well. So like all of his supporters who who thought, you know, who were a little disappointed with his performance, they wanted more out of it. Really, they were just disappointed that Joe Biden didn't completely fuck up like Joe Biden was able to escape without completely destroying his campaign chances. But that's, you know, that's what his supporters can now look toward. Be like, well, you know, the, the moderator was helping Joe Biden out and whatever and come up with excuses like that. You know, people who are Biden supporters, you know, they're just going to hate Donald Trump all the more because, you know, he he comes off as a dick, right? When he's constantly fucking interrupting and bickering and things like that, he comes off, uh, across as a little bit of a dick, right? And they already they already hated him. So that combined with the fact that Joe Biden actually, you know, did completely collapse on stage. They're going to consider this like a major win for for Biden and like this exceptional performance. But I don't see how you can't you don't give the night to Donald Trump after um, some of the blows that he landed and just dominate like he just dominated the stage like he was he would he would stare down Joe. He'd ask him direct questions. And uh, Joe Biden was always just kind of looking down or looking to Wallace. He would never look Trump in, in the eyes like he was like it was like he was afraid to. He was just, he looked sheepish. He looked like a little bitch. And you know what's funny is I've seen him get all tough with um, like Trump supporters or Republicans when they come up to him after uh, he gives a speech or something. He gets right in their face. He's poking them with their finger and, and you know, saying saying all kinds of stuff like he's some tough guy. And he's always like on the tweeting out that he's been dealing with bullies like Trump his whole life and he knows how to do it. And he's the guy for the job. And that's why you need to vote for him. And then he gets up on stage with him and all he does is tuck tail, lower his head like a little bitch. And when he was up on stage with Trump, he, he was uh, a, a little coward. 
I mean, I can't imagine letting anybody talk to you like that. And he was trying, you could tell that he was trying to like maintain his composure and be presidential or whatever the hell that means this day and age. But I mean, you can't sit up there like a little bitch and just keep taking it from Trump. You gotta, I mean, not if you want to win, right? Even the way he he said, shut up. It was like, hey, will you shut up, man? He formed it as a question. And it's just like, this is so unpresidential. I, I can't believe this. And Wallace, are you really going to let him talk to me this way? And man, it's just pathetic. But I did think that, you know, there was a, a little bit of flaw in that strategy. Like you definitely want to have Trump making these these backhanded remarks when Biden is talking. I mean, they're hilarious, but you have to let um, you have to be very um, selective when you do it. You can't just do it constantly. Like, let Biden say something retarded. He will. And that's when you fucking hit him. And he did that a couple times. Like, he actually, uh, well, I guess Wallace set him up for that one where where Wallace was, uh, he was talking about Trump's campaign rallies, right? And how he's been having these huge campaigns. And Trump's like, outdoors. We were outdoors. We had like 35,000 people. Wallace like really walked uh, walked into this one where it was like you're having these huge campaign rallies and Biden's not having them. And he's like, well, yeah, because nobody's going to nobody would go to a Biden rally. And Wallace actually burst out laughing at that. We have thirty five thousand people outside. We have tremendous crowds. They want to hear what I have to say. And Joe does these circles and has like three people somewhere. <laughs> so I mean, he did have some some pretty great moments in there, but. When you're constantly doing it, you're really helping Joe. You're letting him off the hook because he doesn't have to come up with a complete sentence or or a coherent thought. It becomes all about your interrupting. And then Wallace has to get involved and like, you know, scold you or whatever, or try to get things under control. And then he gets to try to rescue Biden, you know, requeue the question and everything like that after everything settles down. It's going to the other thing it's going to do, which I'm surprised I haven't seen this yet, but I'm sure there'll, there'll be calls for it because there are supposed to be two more of these debates. But there has to be like this is what they're going to say. Like, I, I'm not going to get back up on stage with him. This is beneath the dignity of the office. And, the, the, you know, nothing substantive comes out of these debates anyway. So why would I waste any time up there? All he's going to do is lie. And he's He's a racist and blah, 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 blah. So this is, you know, the excuse that they need to maybe try to um, weasel out of the remaining two debates. Although I got to say that I think that would be a mistake because, man, you can't after getting bitch slapped across the stage all night long like Joe Biden did. I don't see how you can um, like puss out on the next two debates and think you're going to win this election. Let's take a quick second and thank our other dear, dear, dear sponsor of the show. You know him as Lorenzotti Coffee. Guys, if you like premium Italian coffee, but you hate going to these corporate, poorly managed, poorly prepared coffee houses, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, things like that, especially now where you got to put on a mask on and stand in a socially distanced line, you're going to love Lorenzotti Coffee. They deliver premium Italian coffee and coffee brewing supplies right to your door. It's a small business that was started by two liberty-minded entrepreneurs who came together over their love of coffee and their desire to bring that small, independent coffee house feel back here across the pond to the United States. So what I want you to do is go to Lorenzotti.coffee and use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you and they'll give you 10% off your order. Even if you're not a coffee drinker yourself, I'm sure you know someone who does, and these tins are beautiful. They'd make a great you know, portion of a gift basket or something like that if you wanted to send somebody that you care about a package. Maybe you know somebody who's got a birthday coming up like I just had or something like that, and they want some coffee. You know? Go to Coffee, use promo code FICTION, and you'll get 10% off. All right, so... Where were we? Let's go into some of the, the topics that they covered, right? Because as I said, they started with the Supreme Court nominee issue. And that was, I mean, I thought Trump did handle that one pretty well. I, I mean, he's on the right side of this argument anyways. The Democrats really don't have a leg to stand on with this. You know, Biden was you know trying to say like, oh, well, the people, there's an election going on right now and the people need to have a voice. It's like, listen, dude. They already voted for Trump. 
like Trump is the president for four years. The president is allowed to make a nomination. It's in the Constitution. They had the presidency and the Senate. Like, why would they not, you know, take advantage of that? When it's within the rules, it's something they're supposed to do and it's something they can do. And so they're going to do it. Like, of course, obviously. I meant to say that the people haven't had a voice when, you know, Trump was elected. He's a duly elected president. Like it or not, uh, the people have spoken. And, you know, Trump made the point, you know, Democrats would do the same thing if they were in my position. There's no way they would let this opportunity slip away. But then they started talking about some of the threats that the Democrats have been making about how they're going to end the filibuster and they're going to stack the the Supreme Courts, which, okay, so how can you end a filibuster? I don't understand how this is even possible because before you end the filibuster, can't they just filibuster you trying to end the filibuster? <laughs> like, how are you ever going to get that through if they can filibuster you? Anyway, yeah, they didn't really talk much about that. They tried to get Joe Biden to tell us whether or not he was going to take those up and the filibuster and stack the Supreme Court. And I mean, this is where you let went like he actually let Joe Biden talk for a little bit and you get like the dumbest answers of all time. I think he said something. It was like Wallace goes to Biden. He's like, will you end the filibuster and pack the Supreme Court? Biden goes, look, whatever position I take on this, that will become the issue. The issue is that the American people should speak. You should go out now and vote. Go vote now. Vote now and let your senators hear you and know how you feel and all this stuff. And then, of course, just Trump starts berating him. He's like, why don't you answer the question, Joe? Answer the question. And Biden says that he won't because, you know, some other retarded answer. It was like, because the question is, and then Trump would start interrupting him again. And you could tell that Biden was just going to say something really stupid. It was not like the question was, will you end the filibuster in pack Supreme Court? Just answer it. And like not only did I mean, Biden wasn't going to answer it. It was pretty clear, but he was going to say something really stupid. And Trump just berating him. Not only do you not get an answer to the question, but you don't let Joe Biden say say the stupid things that he was going to say. Trump interrupts him and he's just like, oh, this is just so unpresidential. I throw my hands up in disgust. So that that was an, an exchange I thought went to Trump. You know, one of the other things I noticed, you know, I went back and watched some of the um, some of the debate again today just because I wanted it to be more fresh in my mind. I mean, two days in our news cycle is like an eternity. Right. And, you know, Biden, anytime Biden actually did talk for an extended period of time. It was always, you know, for the two minute question, you know, that he was clearly prepared for. And he looked like he had notes, like he was looking down constantly to get his cues on what to say. And it just even then, even with notes, like he did not have like really coherent, good answers to any of these questions. From there, they started. I think they went to COVID after that, even though they it kind of devolved into COVID before they changed topics or whatever. And you, Biden's trying to have like he's, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. He's like he's attacking Trump for not doing enough for covid. And, he, you know, we've had two hundred and five thousand people die and it's all Trump's fault. And he didn't do this and he didn't do enough and he should do more and blah, 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 blah. And then in the next breath, when they're talking about the economy, he's like, oh, this is all, all Trump's fault. He shut down the economy and, and look how many people lost their jobs and businesses are struggling and Nobody can open their stores. It's like, oh, which is it, man? You got to pick a side. You got, you can't, on the one hand, attack him for shutting things down and the economy being in shambles because of COVID. And then at the same time saying, saying he didn't do enough. What, you want to shut it down more and make the economy worse? Is that what you're saying? I mean, that basically is what he's saying. He wants to shut everything down longer, but he keeps saying he has a plan for everything. So he's, I have a plan. I have a plan for this. And he doesn't have a plan. And with my plan, we'll be able to reopen safer. And I mean, his plan, these plans are so stupid. They're just like sing-songy beauty pageant plans where it's just like, well, my plan is for everybody to have everything that they need and all the, per- the personal protection equipment and all the money that they need and all this and all that. It's like Trump, I mean, they approved like $6 trillion worth of spending. What else do you want them to do? It's not like we're short on masks. We had plenty of ventilators. We had plenty of hospitals and 
uh, you know, none of this was ever an issue. They tried to make it into an issue, but it never really materialized. All this fear mongering and everything never came to fruition. And his plan is just like, my plan is to give everybody a mask and make sure everybody has everything. And there's uh, you know, we could reopen safely, be, you know, on, on this date because I have a plan and I'm going to trust the scientist. Uh, Trump doesn't want to trust the scientist. And it's just like, Oh my God, the scientists. You know, I, I tweeted this out, but it's like when politicians say, and when especially Democratic politicians say that they they trust science and they trust the scientists, what they really mean is they trust the scientists that conform to their ideology. They trust a certain group of scientists because there are plenty of scientists who are countering this narrative that it's coming mainly from the left of the coronavirus being this epic pandemic and everything must shut down and masks and everything like that. Their, their videos are getting taken down off of YouTube and off of social media because they're countering the narrative, the, the mainstream narrative. But they're scientists, they're doctors, they know what they're talking about in theory. I mean, why don't we trust those scientists? It's like, well, they, they don't, um, their science doesn't conform with our ideology and they're countering our narrative with their science. So we're not going to listen to them. We're going to listen to our scientists and oh, look how that works out. They, they, uh, their science, uh, just so happens to prove everything that I, I want to accomplish politically. They give me justification for it. So they went back and forth on COVID. Again, I think Trump has the better argument here. He's like, I want to open things up. He wants to shut things down. Like he wants you to, to stay home and your business to fail. And you just, just sit around waiting for a government check to come in. I want to open the economy back up. I want to get everything going again. And I think that's what most normal people want. And you know the Democrats would want that too, and Trump made this point, if there wasn't an election coming up. They just want everything to be as bad as possible come November uh, 3rd or whatever. Yeah, November 3rd, is that the day? And it's just obvious that like, if, if Trump had come out and been like Mr. COVID pandemic guy, like taking, I'm taking it really seriously from the beginning. Like this is a big deal and we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to do all of this stuff and lock everything down. And that they'd just be shouting, you know, fascist, totalitarian, like you're Hitler. You're, you're trying to shut everything down and I'm, I'm going to resist and I'm not wearing a mat. Like they'd be taking the exact opposite position if Trump had just come out and been like one of these pro virus supporters. If he had come out and done that, then the entire mainstream media and the left would would almost have to be antivirus, and we'd probably all be a lot better off for it. I think about that a lot. I, I sometimes I wish he had just come out and done that, just to um, sort of call their bluff and and make them take the opposite position. And then he'd be like, "Okay, all right, we'll uh, we'll do what you guys want to do, and we'll open everything back up." That would have been some four D chess um, that. Uh, you know, all of these Donald Trump supporters are talking about that you never actually see. That would have been it right there. I think I, I forget the exact order. I think from there they talked about the economy. So after COVID, they went into the economy and, you know, the politicians, they're just, I, it drives me crazy when they talk about all the things they did for the American people. Joe Biden was like, ah, we, we're, we're going to do this and we did this for them and we saved all these, uh, we saved this economy, we saved these families and we did this and we did that and Trump's talking about, oh, I did this and listen, the government doesn't do anything. Like without the American people, without them taxing us to death, they wouldn't be able to do anything. We're doing it for ourselves. We're just doing it in the least efficient way possible using this government apparatus as a middleman. Instead of us funding things for ourselves, you know, voluntarily co coming up with coming together, creating solutions and things like that and being a lot more efficient with our our hard earned dollars. We, we just pass the responsibility off to this government and then they take credit as if they did something like what the fuck did Joe Biden do? What the fuck did Donald Trump do? Nothing. They don't do anything. <laughs> they just, you know, OK, they they bark out orders, then they take our money and they do whatever the hell they want with it. Maybe one out of every five dollars goes to the purported cause. And then we're supposed to praise them and thank them and, and treat them as our wise overlords. And it's just all so ridiculous. And then they talk about these plans that they have. Joe Biden and his fucking, you know, we could by 2035, we could eliminate 100 percent of fossil fuels or like if everybody just wears a mask, 100, 150,000 people's lives will be saved. Have any in the history of government, have any of these government um, declarations like we will we'll eliminate X 
by Y year. Has that ever come to fruition? Like ever? I've been hearing these things my whole life. You know, we're, we're going to be at a hundred percent sustainable, blah, 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 blah by 2020. Uh, okay. That, that didn't happen. By 2045, we're going to be at 100% like self-reliant on, on, uh, off of fossil fuels and onto, uh, green energy. It's just like, no, nah, no, you're not. You're not going to be there. You never will. Just let let us fucking do this on our own. We don't need some government plan that's going to dictate behavior, force people into really unviable alternative energy sources or alternative you know, economic choices and things like that. We shouldn't want the government directing us or steering our behavior in a certain way. For one thing, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. There's no possible way these idiots up on stage know what's best for you or what's best for the American people, all 340 million of us, whatever it is, 330 million. Uh, who, who can have a plan for that? That's retarded. This is all just nonsense. Anyway, uh, speaking of ridiculous, um, the one of the most ridiculous topics, I think, of the night had to be the whole um the race and all the violence in America and the law and order right the um man if you were playing a drinking game where you had to take a shot every time they said law and order whew, look out you're you're going to be in a rough spot by the time they got done with that segment but it was just i i forget exactly when they start but i know there was one question where they started out talking about charlottesville again who the fuck cares about charlottesville it was what three almost four years ago now um and it was like an event with like a hundred people one person died three years ago and nothing has ever happened since like they tried to do another unite the right rally or whatever the following year and like 10 people showed up like this is so fucking ridiculous that we even talk about this that this is a presidential debate topic like charlottesville and racism like there's the the demand for racism coming from the mainstream media and the the democratic left is it nowhere near the supply it's unbelievable how obsessed they are with this charlottesville and you know, like joe biden like talking about how they were carrying their tiki torches and their veins were popping <laughs> i don't know it was just so idiotic like we're t- we're going to talk about violence in america and charlottesville is the topic you go to hey you remember that like one thing that kind of got a little out of hand 3 years ago and one person died and the person that was responsible for running her over with his car has been arrested and tried or whatever like he's in prison and like Nothing has ever happened in that regard since. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Meanwhile, there are cities literally on fire right now. There are riots going on as we speak. But no, Charlottesville is what we're going to lead with. It's just unbelievable. And this is the area where Donald Trump gave the corporate press and all of these psychotic Democrats the one soundbite that they needed to just run with. Like this was the whole narrative of the the entire night. Their entire debate takeaway was, wait for it, Donald Trump is racist. (laughs) As if we hadn't heard that one before. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude, what are you guys thinking? What are you thinking? It didn't work in 2016. You already lost trying to call him a racist and a misogynist and all of those words. It's over. Come up with a new fucking strategy. Have you learned nothing? I mean, it was a Trump's worst moment of the night by far was his response to this, you know, this question of him. It wasn't even a question. It was the demand, really, that he denounce white supremacy and racism or something. White supremacy and the KKK or whatever. And I mean, it was they teed it up perfectly. And it was just such an easy there's such an easy answer to that. And I think, you know, I kind of sympathize with Trump on the one hand for not wanting to just be bullied into doing something. You know, especially as the alpha male that he is like he's up there on stage and Wallace is like, will you denounce white supremacy and and the the KKK and these like counter you know protesters or whatever and their violence? And he's just like, yeah, sure, I'll denounce it. Like, but 
all the violence is coming from these fucking Antifa guys, and this is all a left-wing problem. It's not a right-wing problem. He's like, but will you denounce it? He's like, yeah, sure, I'll denounce whatever you want me to denounce. Well, do it right now. Do it now. Say it. And then Biden chimes in. Say it. Say it now. Do it now. And it's just like, hey, fuck you guys. Don't tell me what I have to fucking say something. So I think that was like sort that might have been like his initial impulse is why he appeared to be so resistant to denouncing white supremacy. Like this is all just so fucking stupid. This meaningless condemnation of things that aren't even a fucking problem. (laughs) I mean, like it's like, all right, yeah, I denounce it. Now what? Next step. It's like when they talk about white privilege, like you need to acknowledge your white privilege. Okay. Acknowledged. Next. What else you got? I just acknowledged it. Okay, can we move on now? Now what? What do you got? Oh, you got nothing. You got nothing because this is all just a bunch of bullshit. But really, all Trump had to say, and this was so fucking easy, I don't know why he didn't do this, because he had the perfect answer. First of all, and I'm, maybe I'll play this clip because Chris Wallace asked him the exact same fucking question, literally the exact same question in the 2016 presidential debates. And he, he literally, he's like, I denounced white supremacy and, and the KKK, they should be condemned. Uh, uh, maybe I'll play the clip here in a minute, but I mean, he was like, first of all, you already asked me this the last time we did these debates. Okay. Four years ago, I already did this. All right. I've already condemned them. And he could have just easily said, you know, like, listen, I don't need to make some meaningless denunciation because you two are telling me to. The fact of the matter is I already denounced them four years ago. The first time you fucking asked me this exact same question, I've condemned them on many other occasions. I I just labeled the KKK a terrorist organization. Oh, by the way, Joe, you never did that. Why didn't you do that, Joe? You never labeled the KKK a terrorist organization. Why did I have to do that? Are you a white supremacist, Joe? You and Barack Obama didn't do that. I mean, that would have, and then it would just been all over. He turns it right back around on them. So that was a big missed opportunity. And it gives these fucking shitheads in the corporate press the one thing that they needed to just run with over and over and over again, 24 seven. Trump's a racist. He wouldn't denounce the Proud Boys. He said, stand down and stand by, which is, I still don't know why you would say something like that. Like giving orders to him, like he's in charge of the Proud Boys. Like, <laughs> But the fact that we're even talking about the Proud Boys, like nobody even know half the people in the fucking country don't know who the Proud Boys are. That's how big of a fucking threat they are. This weird group of fucking losers. And it just sounds so gay. <laughs> the Proud Boys. And it started as a, I know it started as a joke and it like kind of got out of control or whatever. The, the idea that they're the fucking problem that we need to be denouncing, like, why didn't Wallace ask uh, uh, Biden to denounce all the rioting and looting and arson? Like he was really slow to denounce that. It took him like two months to finally come out and give some half-assed things. Like I condemn all violence. It's like no, no, no. Condemn this specific shit that's going on right now that you encouraged for the last like two months. Why didn't he ask him to do that? I mean, it's just so obvious because Wallace was fucking in Biden's pocket. The if the Proud Boys stopped rioting, looting, and burning down cities today, by tomorrow, we would have the exact same amount of rioting, looting, and arson. Like, they're not doing any of this. Uh, uh, This is all so fucking ridiculous and one-sided. I just can't believe that they're allowed to run with these narratives. And when Wallace did this fucking thing that the media has been running with these, these false narratives for so long, where it's like, you you uh you said there were there were good people on both sides of Charlottesville and this has been like i can't believe that they can get away with this if you listen to the clip listen to like it's like 2 minutes maybe 4 minutes or something like that you can listen to the whole exchange donald trump is explicitly saying that he's not talking about white supremacists and uh, the KKK guys and the ones carrying tiki torches. He was talking about the people that were protesting the statue removal. And that's when he was like, there are good people on this side of that debate and there are good people on the other side of the debate. That's what he was talking about when he said there are good people on both sides. And, and even one of the reporters was like, so you're saying white supremacists are good people? He's like, no, no, I'm not. I'm 100% not talking about them. I'm talking about... These people that didn't want the statue removed that were, you know, that were there to protest that. And it's just so ridiculous that they keep they just keep running with it. You just tell the lie over and over and over again. And eventually it just becomes the truth. It's amazing. And no matter how many times he fails to condemn white supremacy or something like that, uh, it's not going to matter. Okay, all of this media fucking dishonesty 
The, the media has been far more disingenuous and dishonest more often than Donald Trump has failed to condemn white supremacy. It's going to get Trump reelected. It really is. Nobody care like calling Donald Trump a racist, the stand down, stand by things like, yeah, I, I that was not a good answer to that. That was clearly his worst moment of the night. But if you think you're going to win this election by calling uh, Trump a racist, the the first two million times you did it, it didn't work. But the two million and one time, now you really got it. Oh, look, look, he said stand down and stand by to the Proud Boys. It's <laughs> like. Um, if I were to compare and contrast the the Proud Boys, like, do they have a website with their like stated agenda or whatever, or their goals or what they believe in, their beliefs? If I were to compare and contrast their beliefs with, say, that of Black Lives Matter, I guarantee you to the vast majority of sane people in the country that Black Lives Matter seems far more radical and dangerous than the the Proud Boys ever would. Let me actually I'm going to do that right now. Let's see what we got here. Hey guys, let's take a second because I want to welcome a brand new sponsor to the Pedaling Fiction podcast. I'm very excited to have him on board because this is definitely something that I struggle with personally. And for anyone out there that has a business of their own, maybe you've started that side gig during quarantine, or maybe you've got a great idea for a business venture and you're just not sure how to get it out there and, and make sure it gets the attention it deserves. Well, Matt Octung is Raleigh's digital marketing dude. And he is the guy that you need to get a hold of immediately. If you have ever done any online searches like a restaurant near me or what's the best gym in Dallas, Texas or something like that. And let's be honest, we all Google stuff that way. A staggering 75% of views, clicks and calls all go to the first three businesses that show up when you Google something like that. This is a big problem for businesses that don't know how to navigate these waters. And for those of you business owners out there, when your customers look you up online, where do you show up in the order? Are you are you at the top? Are you in the top three? Or are your competitors beating you to the punch? If you want to crack that top three in internet searches and get your cut of that 75% market share, you have to Google this right now. Matt. Raleigh's digital marketing dude. That's Raleigh as in like Raleigh, North Carolina. R-A-L-E as in Edward, I as in India, G-H. Raleigh, North Carolina. He is a digital marketing consultant and right now he's offering free digital marketing consultations. He'll teach you how to conquer local searches, build reviews, optimize your social media, and run Google and Facebook ads and things like that to convert leads into paying customers and clients. Plus, he's a friggin' anarchist. So that means that he knows how to crawl into the belly of these big tech firms like Google and do the dirty work so that you can focus on running your business. One of the most important business lessons for everyone out there to learn is that you have to focus on your strengths. Farm the rest of the stuff that you're not good at out to people who are. So leave all the complicated digital stuff that none of us understand to the master. Look up Matt Raleigh's digital marketing dude. If you type those words into Google, he will be the first one that pops up just the way you want your business to. There's no no promo code or anything like that. Just look him up. If you if you need his services, give him a call. Mention that I sent you and uh, maybe you guys can talk about the show because he's a fan of the show as well and get your free consultation. I, I can't imagine this day and age being able to run a business without having a professional handle your digital marketing. So make sure you look him up right now. Matt Raleigh's digital marketing dude, and give your small business digital superpowers. All right, let's get back into the show. Here we go. The, the core values of the Proud Boys, and I think this is from their site, minimal government, maximum freedom, anti-political correctness, anti-drug war, closed borders, anti-racial guilt, anti-racism, Pro-free speech, First Amendment, pro-gun rights, Second Amendment, glorifying the entrepreneur, venerating the housewife, and reinstating a spirit of Western chauvinism. Now, I, I don't exactly know what that last one means, Western chauvinism, but I, okay. I mean, ooh, look out for the Proud Boys. Like all of like 500 of them or something. How many Proud Boys are there with their, oh, their uh, pro-free speech and their minimal government, maximum freedom, anti-racism, 
Oh my goodness. And if you go on like Black Lives Matter, like they're a Marxist. They're run by Marxists. Their organizers are Marxists. I mean, these people that are burning down buildings and destroying cities are tagging BLM all over everything. So who do you think is a bigger threat to the American people right now? It's just so ridiculous. And then there's like something about, you know, Trump said something about them burning, you know, or like the suburbs were were under attack or something like that. And Biden comes in with this weird, he starts, they weren't even talking about race at this point. They were talking about rioting. And I, the rioting, I'm getting a little mixed up on that. I don't remember if the riots came before or after the whole race thing. I think they might've been before, but like the, the rioting and the looting that's been consuming the last like four months of your life. It didn't come into the debate until an hour in, an hour into the hour and a half long debate. Like this is what I'm talking about with this, the the schedule of this being ridiculous. Biden starts talking about how like the suburbs are, you know, I've lived in the suburbs. He wouldn't know the suburbs unless he took a wrong turn. And there's like all these black and brown people driving to soccer games in the same car now in the suburbs than ever before. <laughs> something. just like, what the hell are you talking about? We're talking about riots. <laughs> like... We're not talking about like black and brown people driving to soccer games together. So you did get a lot of that weird, like sometimes Biden would just start talking about a topic that they weren't talking about. And Wallace was always very nice about it. He just like, you're talking about spending. I'm I'm talking, to, I'm asking you about taxes. And he's like, oh, well, uh, my tax plan is blah, 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 blah. Uh, you could tell he wasn't all there, but he never really had that, that one moment that was going to really put it on full display. Another one of the retarded Biden moments was uh, Antifa. That's just an idea, right? Antifa is just an idea. And Trump had a great fucking comeback. And of course, Wallace was like in there, jumped in right away to try to talk over Trump and make sure he shut him down. But if you go back and listen, Trump is like a bat, a baseball bat hitting you over the fucking head is not an idea. Okay. These are actual people that are out there in the street assaulting people, killing people, looting businesses. This is not an idea. This is clearly an organization. And they've been out there for years. Like this started years ago. They've been doing this stuff for years the anti-fascist just like yeah okay you can call yourself anti-fascist all you want but um ironically you're engaging in a lot of fascism to be able to come out and say oh that's just an idea is absolutely ridiculous and to not get any pushback on that from wallace or anything was fucking pathetic it was pathetic it'd be like if trump was just like oh black lives matter that's just an idea (laughs) like Okay. <laughs> what about all these people that are out there like protesting? Anyway, uh, let's see what else. The other thing with the, with the race was the whole uh, with the race issue was the whole racial training. I forget what they call it. The training that they're making people do in in businesses and in government, and how Trump put a stop to that. What the fuck do they call that? A critical race theory, which is absolute nonsense. And the one of the only good things Donald Trump has done is put an end to that crap that they're doing. And Wallace did this thing where it's like, are you really against like, how could you be against racial sensitivity training? And Trump's answer, I mean, Trump is not very articulate. Like you can kind of tell what he wants to say. He just doesn't do a very good job of of explaining it. And it's probably because he doesn't really understand much about it. He's like, well, people tell me that they're doing ridiculous things and they're teaching people to hate our country. You you should be like, well, you know, you could call it whatever you want. You could call it racial sensitivity training. That's not what it is. This is propaganda. This is brainwashing people into thinking that half of, you know, half of the American people are inherently evil and and oppressive and just because of their skin color and all these other ridiculous things. Like, go ahead and explain some of the the um, theories, if you can call them that, that's in the loosest sense of the word, that that accompany this critical race theory, like their thoughts on um, raising your children and the nuclear family and just everything is racist, everything's oppressive. It's all just fucking ridiculous. And it should be easy for, for somebody that's well-versed in this to shoot that down immediately and just ask, you know, turn it around again on them. Just be like, racial insensitivity training. If by racial sensitivity training, you mean that logic and math and science is racist and a tool of white supremacy and you know what the kkk uses then yeah i'm against racial insensitivity training are you against you know logic and 
and science and math. Math is racist. Is that what you think? Or um, you think maybe we should give this whole critical race theory the um, toss into the dustbin of history where it fucking belongs? I mean, it's just so easy to fucking dismantle these things. And Trump really didn't do a good job of it. But he's on the right side of the issue. And anybody that looks into critical race theory that isn't a fucking psychotic person would would have to admit that they agree with Trump on this. As much, as painful as that may seem, you know the the other thing that really bothered me about this debate was that I don't know how you have a discussion, and this is another big miss for for Trump. You know, he could have talked about. I mean, he he mentioned some of the the you know the the crime bill and everything, and how like he's been helping get people out of prison that you know for nonviolent like drug offenses and things like that. But they didn't talk like talk about the drug war. Talk about that effect, the, the effect that the, the war on drugs has had on the African-American community. Like nothing has done more to oppress black people than the war on drugs. And that would be like a tremendously popular position to take. And it's a it's the right position to take. And I don't know how you have a discussion of race in America and law and order and all this stuff without the war on drugs coming up and being the main focal point of that. It was just, it was a big miss again in my uh, estimation for that. And it would have been, that would have gotten a lot of people on board who might be on the fence of getting up to, uh, to vote if you, if you come out and you, you condemn the war on drugs. I mean, one of the most evil things the government has ever done. How you can have a discussion on the, on race and law and order and the police without a mention of the war on drugs is beyond me. It's a huge missed opportunity. It's absolutely ridiculous that neither of these idiots brought it up. Anyway, they closed out the debate with a very interesting, and this was like, not only was it entertaining, but it was like, holy shit, dude, I can't believe that this is like, this is where we are right now. When they were talking about the um, transition of power, and like the integrity of the election and everything. And as I've been documenting the problems with, you know, this election that are going to arise. And of course, I've already been proven right. And it's not even, you know, we're still a month out. But, you know, all of these mail-in ballots have been a fucking disaster. There's all sorts of fraud going on. They're, they're, they're destroying Trump. Uh, they're throwing out Trump ballots. They're buying um, people, they're paying people to fill out other ballots and send them in. It's just like, there's all sorts of schemes that are going on that you just, you know, it's just the tip of the iceberg. So like how much of this is really going on? We have no idea, but this is just going to be a shit show. And they had an entire segment about how this is going to be a complete shit show. But so yeah, they're talking about like a peaceful transition of power. And Trump is like, what are you talking about? Like I've been under constant threat from the previous administration. There was a coup. There was a deep state coup. Your people have been spying on me since before I even got elected. During my campaign, they were spying on me. And this is all coming out now. And like, even you're implicated in it, Joe and Hillary. We know what's going on with that. And like, he's 100% right. I can't believe like he should have even hit it harder. But the fact that he brought it up, I was like, oh, Holy shit, the coup. Yeah, he has been. There was a deep state coup to try to dethrone a duly elected president. And these guys got the balls to talk about uh, peaceful transition of power. And then they, you know, they talked about the problem with the ballots and Trump's like, listen, like this is if this is going to be a legitimate election, I'll accept the results. But if it's illegitimate, like, I don't know, it's going to have to go to the Supreme Court, which, of course, he's going to get to nominate somebody. Look how that worked out. And of course, what determines whether or not it's legitimate or illegitimate will be whether or not Donald Trump wins. Right. So Biden is on record saying he'll accept the results, which will be interesting because what's going to happen is I have a feeling that Trump supporters are very weary of the mail-in ballots, right? And because of our retarded government and their approach to uh, elections and everything, like I don't understand why the cutoff for mail-in ballots isn't like a month before the election, like make it October 1st, okay? Give people a couple months to get their mail-in ballot in, like it's not very hard, right? You just fill something out, you put it in the mail. What's stopping you from doing that? Like why is the cutoff election day or like seven days after election day, right? Something like that. Like as long as it's postmarked by election day, they'll accept it. Why don't you cut it off October 1st so we can count, we can get everything together and count it and get organized so that on election day, we can know who will who won the election. I mean, that just seems, if you're going to go about elections this way, that seems like a pretty logical thing to do. 
Like, make the cutoff for the male, the lazy fucking guy that won't get off the couch to vote. Make the cutoff a lot earlier. It's not like voter suppression or anything. You have plenty of time. Here's the ballot. Just send it back to me. You, you know, you've got like a couple months to do it. Whatever. So there's no reason why you can't do that. But Trump supporters are rightfully so going to be very weary of their vote being counted if it's by mail. I mean, that's like Trump has come out against the post office. I bet, you know, post office are very pro-union, probably a lot, uh, a lot of them lean Democrat. And you could just tell, you know, if you're in like a Trump neighborhood or something, it would just be very convenient for them to, uh, you know, maybe misplace your your mail for a couple weeks or something. So I think a lot of Trump supporters will be voting in person. They're also, most Trump supporters are not buying into this whole pandemic scare. So they're not as worried about going in and voting in person. So on election day, the numbers that are going to come in from the polls of people voting in person is going to turn out very well for Trump. And he might have a commanding lead after that night is over. But then, of course, it's like, whoa, we got to count all the mail-in ballots. So that's going to take like two weeks or six weeks or who knows how long that's going to take to get an accurate count, if that's even possible, which I don't think it is. But they'll claim that they can do it. So, I mean, Trump is probably, I think Trump is going to win big on election day. And then weeks later, you know, there's going to be another like 50,000 votes here and 50,000 votes there for Biden. And that, that lead is going to diminish and it might turn out that Biden won the election. And then it's like, oh, well, now we got to go to the courts. And I think what happens is if they can't figure it out by the end of the year, it, it goes to the Speaker of the House by default becomes the the acting president which be nancy pelosi and uh that would be that would really be something but it was very revealing just this this whole uh, like they're basically up there saying that the government is completely incompetent they can't fucking run an election fairly and like accurately and this is going to be a disaster and it's just to hear them just talk openly about this was very uh interesting to me I, I couldn't believe that, you know, things, the things that were said were actually said because make no mistake about it. Like this is going to be the most chaotic election uh, of my lifetime for sure. As big of a shit show as this debate was, that's how the election is going to go this year. And it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. Anyway, I, I think I'm going to leave it there for today, guys. You know, my, um, I think it was a good night for Trump. It was a, a, a good night for Biden as well. By Biden's standards, it was a good night. It, it's not going to accomplish anything for Biden. Why, when most people are, are looking at this and they're like looking at these two guys up on stage, Biden's not getting a vote of confidence from many people. You know, he was Trump basically got him to undermine the, the you know, the radical left. He, that was also clearly part of his strategy where he's like, oh, you just lost the left. You just lost the left. Did you, are you going to denounce like, are you going to denounce, uh, are you going to say law and order? Say law and order. If you say it, you're going to lose the left <laughs> or uh, you're, you're for socialized medicine, aren't you? No. Oh, well, you just lost the left. You just lost the radical left. So Biden looked weak. He, he probably alienated some of the, the hardcore Bernie bros out there. Trump was alpha Trump, you know, bullying, you know, controlling the stage, bullying everybody around, um, landing some some pretty hilarious haymakers from uh, time to time and then just being like really obnoxious <laughs> for the other like hour and 25 minutes. I think when Biden was given the opportunity to talk, he said some pretty ridiculous things like the best thing that happened to him was Trump. The best and worst thing was was Trump interrupting him constantly because it made him look like a little bitch. And, but, but at the same time, he didn't have to really, um, come up with coherent thoughts. He could just stand there and look like a little bitch, which is probably less detrimental than saying something as ridiculous like, um, Antifa is just an idea or something like that. Who knows what he would have said if Trump had just let him talk for two minutes and embarrass himself. Whether or not, like he was, he was fairly coherent for a Joe Biden, which was, uh, I guess impressive, if, <laughs> as 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 impressive as that can be. Was he on Adderall? I don't know because he wouldn't take Trump's uh, Trump's drug test. But even Joe Biden on Adderall should be very beatable. And I thought Donald Trump missed some some really big opportunities to really just fucking put him down for the count. I can't wait for these next two. I, I was not turned off by this at all. I thought it was hilarious. It was 
entertaining as hell. I love the political theater. I love the the bickering back and forth. I love the degradation of the presidency and being unpresidential and, oh my God, like this is beneath the office of the president. No, no, it's really not. (laughs) Somebody had a great tweet. It was like, there's nothing more presidential than bullying people. We've been bullying the whole fucking world for the last like 60 years. (laughs) But yeah, none of that turns me off. It actually turns me on because... I'm an anarchist and I realize that this whole system is absolutely ridiculous and a couple, one or two more debates like this and maybe some other people will finally get that red pill that uh, we so desperately want them to take. Do me a favor, guys. If you liked what you heard today, give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction and share the show with somebody that you think might want to hear my debate recap if they haven't heard enough of them already. I'm sure there's thousands of them out there, but none quite as good as the one brought to you by the voice and soul of so-called fiction. So share the show, and if you want to go above and beyond the call of duty, you can become a supporting listener of the show by going to peddlingfictionpodcast.com. Every dollar that you donate goes right back into creating content and advertising, increasing the reach of the show. And you gotta, you got, you really gotta support our sponsors. We have some incredible sponsors. Uh, Zach from Lorenzotti has been doing some amazing things. I think he's been, uh, he, he might get me on to some other podcasts that he's been sponsoring. I kind of got confirmation on that, but the details are still a little hazy. So I'll just tease that, but go buy some fucking coffee already. If you haven't, uh, sign up, get some Lorenzotti coffee. We're going to be coming out with a peddling fiction label of Lorenzotti coffee. I'm going to get my own blend. So we're working on that, and um, I'm probably going to have to hit up uh, hit up Matt for some digital marketing consulting because I have no idea what I'm doing. And if you are anything like me or you have a business, you need to get up in those the, in the top of those searches. This day and age, you have to understand digital marketing. So do that. Buy some coffee, and then take some photography classes. I mean, this is we we've got some really great sponsors for the show. I'm very happy to have them on board. So make sure if you can support them that you know if they have something that you need they should be the ones that you go to for it support our listeners who help make this show possible and if you can do all that for me i will be back on monday with a brand new episode for you and until then you guys know the drill just keep on peddling that so-called fiction peace